The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest and easiest way to get into the game. And it's not just sports tickets, but also music and theater tickets as well. And the app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head on over to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Everybody, it is a throwback. Jake Seeley, Chris Weenie, Brad Ziegler here to get you ready for week nine of the fantasy season already. Make sure you're following, you know, Brad Ziegler, Brad Ziegler, Chris Meany, Chris Meany. You know, I'm at all in kid. If you're listening to this on the free verse out there, check out the athletic.com slash name the show throwback. You get 40% off. You can check out all the other podcasts, all the rankings, articles, including my rankings this week, which have Halloween candy rankings in them. Ooh. There was a little bit of movement since 2018. I don't think candy rankings could change, but they can. So check all that out. Fancy basketball is going on for you guys that do that. Fancy hockey. Baseball is about to wrap up, but they're going to cover that throughout the offseason with movement and all of that. Tons of stuff. And then your favorite teams. And then everything on top of it, like Jay Glazer and Ken Rosenthal. So go check it out. You should be. But anyway, let's dive into week nine. Thursday night football, we usually don't spend a lot of time on. But I want to hit this one, guys, because specifically there's a lot going on on both sides, mostly at the running back position, Chris. It sounds like Jeff Wilson is questionable. Raheem Mostert's questionable. Matt Breed is questionable. Like, this would be great for the Tevin Coleman situation because it's like, hey, guess what? Instead of 12 to 15 touches, it's 20 plus and he's just going to dominate. So, but I don't even care about that. I, my question to you is different. If any of those three is active when the other two aren't, are they a flex play? Against Car- against um, the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, probably. Uh, I was thinking earlier that if if they do get up, you know, I was in a, in a deep league and I was actually looking at Mostert if, if Breida didn't play and was thinking, you know, to your point, if, if San Fran does get up in this game, and they probably will, their defense has just been so dominant this year that I don't expect Arizona to do a whole lot offensively that maybe you could get by with Roland, maybe a Mostert out there as a flex play. But I, I think, you know, I know you didn't ask me that question, but the big takeaway here for Tevin Coleman owners coming off that four touchdown game, you know, 13 touches. Hey, man, this could be his backfield. So what's going to happen? He's going to disappoint everybody. He's just going to be a, <laughs> be a bum. But no, no jokes aside, I think, you know, yeah, when we get closer to kickoff on Thursday, you know, and most and it's just Coleman and Mostert or Coleman and Breed, I think either one of those other two backs, if it's just two of them, could be a flex play. Yes. Yeah, and I would say the same thing if it's Jeff Wilson because they, they've shown the propensity to, like, it doesn't matter who's back there. They're going to give him the ball. They're going to just pound it in. And, and that's – Arizona can't stop the run. Arizona can't stop anybody. So they're they're absolutely going to control this game. I think you can play anybody as long as there's only one other guy active besides Coleman. Absolutely. Put, put him in there. 
All right, so at wide receiver-wise, without the touchdown, it wasn't a huge day for Emmanuel Sanders in his first game, but arguably was his first game. Brad, against Arizona, it's the fact that they probably don't even need to pass much, but uh, on the flip side, it is Arizona. So Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel looks locked in as the number two. He's getting the most consistent, and I say that kind of like tongue-in-cheek, but consistent work before even Emmanuel Sanders showed up. So are you starting either one of them or – you just staying away because you can probably have better options at this point. I mean, if you have better options, fine. But if you know, if you're on, if you you know have Michael Thomas, you need a bye week replacement this week. I, I think you can go with either one of those guys and and at least feel confident you're going to get a wide receiver three output out of him because chances are, I mean, this if if San Francisco just put up 51 against Carolina, who has a pretty good defense, and I, I think there's a chance that they this is a pretty high scoring game from the the San Francisco side. I don't know if Arizona can keep up with them just because the Niners defense is so good, but it wouldn't surprise me if San Francisco puts up 30 plus. And at that point, you, you know, these receivers are going to be relevant. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd lean Sanders more than, than Debo. And, you know, you're right, uh, Brad, to, to mention, you know, Michael Thomas, there's a lot of wide receivers, Atlanta, the Rams, Saints. There's a lot of wide receivers on those teams that are on by. So you could, you know, be in a pinch. I would lean Sanders. I, I don't think I would actually play Debo at all. I mean, I would I would go even a little bit deeper of some guys that we'll get to a little bit later on through the show. But Sanders, five targets, four catches. You know, if he can get you four or five catches in a full-point PPR league against this weak secondary, yeah, I, I don't mind him as a wide receiver three. I'd feel better if he was your flex. I went a little bit high. I, I bet Pat that the over under would be seven and a half targets for that catch is just targets for Sanders in this game. I think that's fair. Yeah. What do you get five in his first? I mean, yeah, yeah that's, absolutely. that's kind of how I looked at it too, but you know, there's always the concern and this game, 14, nothing, all of a sudden there's no passing for the rest of the game. That's that was the concern. So on the flip side, Kenyon Drake makes his Arizona debut. It's on a short week too, where he got traded and all on top of that, they do still have Alfred Morris and Zach Zetter in the backfield, and I even chuckle as I say that. The interesting thing is we still don't even have the, David Johnson's officially out, but let's, for uh, the, the point of this conversation, assume he's out. We know Chase Edmonds is out. Chris, Kenya Drake hasn't been there long. It is running back, so it's usually a little bit easier to acclimate yourself to a team, but hasn't been there very long. It's Alfred Morris and Zach Zetter have been in there for at least you know almost two weeks now. But it's against San Francisco, and it is still Kenyon Drake. I mean, is there any way you can even roll out any? I mean, I don't even want to start Drake. No. I'm desperate. Yeah, I don't either. And I don't even care if he's going to get 20-plus touches in this game. Like, opportunity is definitely something. And there's been some talk in Arizona that, you know, he's just going to get a heavy, heavy. Well, let me ask you it that way, the way that you just said it. If Kenyon Drake is active, Alfred Morris or Zach Center, one of them is a healthy scratch and it's only Drake and somebody else, then do you even, where would you put him then? Like RB three still? Yeah. I have him at 28 currently right now. So behind. Oh, that's higher than I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Behind guys like the borderline guys like Cohen. I got McCoy. I'm going down that McCoy route again. I got McCoy. I'm going to ask Brad the same question. Drake with only one option to deal with or Miles Sanders. Oh gosh, um, I'll go Miles Sanders. Um, I, Wait, I'm hold gonna, on, Chris. What, what's your answer, Chris? Yeah, I will go Miles Sanders too. All right, go ahead, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just say I think the Cardinals—they're—they're uh, they're probably going to have to pass a ton in this game. Like I know Drake can catch the ball a little bit out of the backfield, but I feel like he's not going to get—he's not going to get 15 touches. It's—it's going to be—he's going to be touchdown dependent if he's going to be fantasy relevant this week because they're—they're going to have to just throw the ball downfield to have any chance of staying in this game. 
All right, so I said, you know, it's Thursday Night Football, but there's stuff going forward because we kind of touched on that things going forward for Arizona moving forward. It's, let's go, let's jump ahead. Let's play a little if here. David Johnson's back in week 10. Does he go right back in your lineup? And then the second question is, if he's not, and who cares what Kenyon Drake does in this game, but it, now Kenyon Drake is the lead in the backfield for week 10. Does Kenyon Drake go in your lineup, Brad? Uh, I, I would definitely put a lot, lot more stock into David Johnson. Um, I think Kenyon Drake, well, do you know who they play next week? Yeah. Tampa. Yeah. Tampa. Tampa I know it's not a good running situation. The next three weeks are awful. But he can receive out of the backfield. And what, one thing about Kenyon Drake is going to a situation where he's having to learn a completely different offense than anything he's ever done in his life on, on a short week. Like that, that's, it just doesn't bode well, even the following week. Like, yeah, he's got a little more time. But I still think they're going to be, you know, Tampa can put up some points. They're probably going to have to be, you know, passing a little bit. And I, I like DJ receiving out of the backfield if he's back, just, you know, from a, a volume standpoint at that point. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. It's not like DJ has been super efficient on the ground. I mean, he's only got two games with over 40 rushing yards. But what he can do in the backfield, catching catching balls, I, I think you, you put him in there for sure. And Jake, you, <laughs> you've gotten so many questions over the years about just mediocre running backs. I, I forget who it was. It Brennan Oliver a couple years ago with the Chargers who just stepped up and everyone's getting excited. Yeah, but he's going to touch the ball 20 times. Like Sometimes <laughs> that doesn't matter when you're playing on a poor team with, an, with a poor offensive line going up against a stout defense like San Fran. I think you just you, – you just ignore that opportunity. Brad said, you know, it's he's going to learn a new offense that he's never learned before. We've all, you know, at times got excited about Drake and opportunity. Don't be surprised if he's just very, very disappointing as a member of the Cardinals. Yeah, that's, that's certainly a possibility. All right, so with Christian Kirk back going forward, moving forward, is this a play next week? Because it is Tampa Bay. <laughs> at least you get away from that. Because uh, the Christian Kirk situation has basically been – he hasn't been healthy, and then when he's been out there, it's all of a sudden he runs into bad matchups. Yeah, he does, and it doesn't get easier. Even after the bye, he's got the Rams. So I, I think I would still play him, though. And it, obviously, it depends on your context, but I have him as a borderline wide receiver three just because I feel like there probably will be a lot of you know a lot of chucking from Kyler here, and I don't think they're going to have a lot of success running the football. So if you can get anywhere close to last week's 11 targets, eight catches for 79 yards, I'd consider that a win. Yeah, and he, he, I mean, the Saints defense is stout. He did that against the Saints. So there's no reason why the, the volume can't potentially be there against the Niners. It's just a question of is he going to get in the end zone and, and really put him over the top. Okay, fair enough. Uh, before we move on, real quick, I do want to shout out World Series Game 7 tonight. For I mean, yes. that's, look, I know yeah, there's not missing necessarily a lot. Yeah, uh, and for everybody, it's, I mean, it's going to be like anybody who's anybody is going to be get called on to this game at some point if things go sideways. Did, question, did, did somebody steal a base last night that I missed? Did I miss a stolen base? Because uh, I was going to say shout out to whoever did today? because, yeah, I was going to say I saw the promotion <laughs> come by. <laughs> was like The free Doritos Los Tacos for <laughs> stealing a base if anybody wants to go stand in line and uh, Taco Bell for your one free taco. but Over like, under one and a half back carries past first base tonight. Ooh, oh, uh, dude. under. <laughs> <laughs> After all the heat everybody's taking, it's definitely under tonight. I don't know who said it, but somebody last night on Twitter said, I, I thought it was hilarious. They said, if I ever hit a home run in a baseball game, let alone the World Series, I'd carry it all the way to second base and fling it into the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait we need more about. We need I'm more. Not, of that. By the way, I'm not seeing, I looked at the box score. I'm not seeing any stolen bases last night. Neither so. am I. Yeah, I didn't think that there was one. I don't know. Maybe it's it from all, the game before. I don't know. 
Anyway, by the way, right, so, Soto hit that ball 600 feet. Oh my god, that was <laughs> goodness! Amazing to watch. I, th- I right, thought he hit it back, back to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Houston, Houston at Jacksonville, uh, or not? Well, technically no, because this is Wembley. This is London, baby. London. This is actually the Wembley Stadium and not the Tottenham Stadium because it's at 9:30 a.m. Reminder for everybody to make sure you get your lineup set mm-hmm. because 9:30 Houston Jacksonville rolls around on the Jacksonville side. Chris, this, this is coming. Now, last week, we did have Chris Conley score. We did have Keelan Cole score, but DJ Chark got his, too. D.D. Westbrook is the one that kind of got left out, though. Is it back to, you know what, it's one game, those kind of things happen, and it's just as simple as Jacksonville is Minshew, Fournette, Chark, D.D. You can love all of them, just start them every single week, especially against the Texans, or is Conley now in your mind? Conley's starting to get in my mind. I don't want him to be in my mind. I'm trying to get him out of there. But, you know, 14 targets in the last two weeks and almost 200 yards. Do you want him to get into your car? <laughs> no, I just... Do you, know, I, do you know the joke? I actually Do you know the song? No, okay. I don't. What's the song? <laughs> get out of my mind. Get into my car. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I do know that song. Yeah. It's like uh, it's a commercial as it's well. It's 30 years old. Yeah, it's but yeah. 30 years old. If, uh, I think is it's not longer than that, Brad. I don't know. I just, <laughs> that I'm, was I'm looking my at childhood. So. <laughs> Hold on. Get out of my mind. Get into my car. Here we go. Billy Ocean. It's at. By the, oh, it's out of my dreams. By the way, not mine. That's why. Yeah. 1985. 1985. So. The year I was born. You know, we had some Billy Ocean, uh, the classic rock station that I that I worked at years ago, but not that tune. Not that tune. So uh, I am. <laughs> no. out well, of tune. I mean, I ruin all songs anyway. So <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Except Ducktales. Uh, yeah, Ducktales, you nail for sure. So Conley is, is interesting though, and it's not just. I know the first game of the year was with Foles, and he had the 97 yards and a touchdown. The following week, he had 73. I was like, ah, this isn't going to happen again. But the last couple weeks in soft matchups, and the Texans, you know, you can throw on them. They have some decent, you know, Definitely. defenders. But yeah, you can throw on them, and it's and it's back to back games now with 14 targets and nearly 200 yards. And I'm a little hesitant with DD Westbrook. You know, I I don't feel great that I had him in a lot of lineups last week, and he put up that zero. I think maybe it has a little bit to do with the injury. You know, he didn't practice at all really last week, and then he plays, and then he just gets the one target. So I need to hear a little bit more news on him throughout the week, you know, Thursday, certainly on Friday, how he's feeling, if he's getting in a full full workload. But I don't know. Like, I'm thinking Conley is maybe a flex play this week. Well, and he – I mean, Didi left the game with the the – you know, like re-aggravated that shoulder injury. And so I don't see any way he plays this week. I think Conley's a definite play this week. Houston can definitely be passed on. They just lost J.J. Watt for the season, which makes their pass defense a little worse. I Yeah, like I I'm, I love the the Gardner, putting Gardner Minshew in my lineup this week uh, because I think there's a chance that Jacksonville puts up some pretty good points this week. And, and yeah, Sharks, Sharks are going to go off. He's, he's a, a top 10 receiver at this point in the league. Um, but I put Conley in there. I have no problem rolling him out there. Um, I, I don't like the Keelan Cole, even if you have to go deep. I don't like Keelan Cole. Just I feel like, you know, he's he's very touchdown dependent right now, and that's not his strong suit. He just doesn't get the volume. Uh, but but Conley and Shark are going to get some some uh, some volume. Marquise Lee's out for the year now. Um, so there it's it's those two. Yeah, give it give it to him. Cole, four catches, two touchdowns. Amazing. Yeah, that's it. This probably be as one out of three more decent games. This is actually kind of frustrating that we had the injury situation, though, because uh, guess what? 
for everybody out there, I just want like people always talk about how I'm all on heel and jerk. All, I just want everybody to know I'm going to Notre Dame for the first time in my life. I like I'm a oh, lifelong wow. Notre Dame fan. I've never made the trip. I've never been to a game. I'm finally going. We got tickets. We got sweet tickets. Actually, those were free. Thank you to my friends, former students, parents that catch all that who uh, are life like season long ticket holders. Again. But anyway, point being. I'm flying back on the red eye at 5 a.m. to make sure I can get back to my home at 11.30 so I can update the rankings and also had the layover time perfectly from 8.30 to 9.30 so I can update the freaking London rankings for you guys. I want you to know that I planned this for you and I'm doing this for you. So for everybody that says I don't like you, screw off. I do like you. <laughs> yeah, be, you easy, like be easy on Jakey. I like that. Uh, enjoy the football and you know, flying back early to take care of the people. You like how I say screw off, I like you? Like that's I yeah, mean, yeah. that's not yeah. <laughs> on the Houston side of it. It means well. Yes. Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson, Chris? Or neither? Uh Hyde, I guess. Uh Duke has been, you know, trending up, I suppose, a little bit here and there. But you know, Hyde's still getting a lot of volume. Nineteen carries last week, eighty three yards. He basically has to get a touchdown for him to have a pretty solid day. But uh I I mean I'll lean Hyde over Duke. Yeah, when you're getting 80 yards on the ground, a lot of times you can almost kind of imply that a, a touchdown should have been scored at some point. So um, I, I think, yeah, I, I definitely go high. Duke is is just it, the volume, even with the uptick in volume, he's still, what, seven touches. He got five targets last week in a PPR league maybe, but he's still very touchdown dependent as far as, as you know, producing the value you need to make him relevant. All right, so wide receiver-wise, nobody still has a reason besides, like, oh, well, he didn't practice well that week for what happened with Kiki QT that all of a sudden went up in the air. You know, Chris, you sent us a message. That, oh, crap, I forgot to bring that up on Monday. But either way, I mean, is this the Stills and DeAndre Hopkins show and forget it? Yeah, I think so. It's amazing how people, like, it's just from one week to another, the – the overreactions. I mean, Kenny Stills was one of the most added guys in fantasy last week. And, you know, looking this morning, he's one of the most dropped guys. His ownership has dropped 15% over the last 24 hours in, in Yahoo leagues, which I think is, you know, kind of surprising to be honest with you. Like he just had, you know, one mediocre game. He still had five targets. I, I, I like going back to him and in, in, in DFS, if you're playing, I know it's the early game. I, I'm going to go back to him there as well. So I, I think Stills is, is a, plug and play for sure and and QT I kind of feel the same way about with you know DD Westbrook I'm just I'm a little uncertain I feel better about Westbrook than QT but I would if I was a Kiki owner I would I would look elsewhere yeah it was weird that he didn't even play last week it, it, it was like they're trying to send him a message and I just feel like I feel like messages like that can be sent by having a meeting with a guy you know talk to him in practice I, I don't get it's it's almost like they're trying to follow the Belichick mode with what's the the cornerback that they benched in the Super Bowl and it cost him against the Eagles. I don't, oh, Butler, I don't remember. Butler. Yeah, Malcolm Butler. Yeah. I don't awesome. I, I don't understand this mindset of like, you know what, we're going to make this guy active and then not play him. And that's and that's really going to send a message. Like send the message in another way, but don't hurt your team in the process. Like they're they're not as good when he's off the field. And so they they need that other weapon. So yeah, from a fantasy standpoint, I'm I'm good with putting Stills back in there this week. Um, I love Darren Fells. They're they're just using him like crazy, especially in the red zone. Um, he's kind of come out of nowhere because they've never really used a tight end in this offense before, and now all of a sudden they're they're finding guys you know week in week out. It's it's you know a couple weeks ago it was Jordan Akins, but now it looks like Fells kind of has the the stranglehold on that on that uh, starting role, and so I, I'm totally okay playing him at tight end too with with the barren wasteland that is tight ends. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty, 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 pretty miserable. All right, so let's move on. Washington at Buffalo. 
There's nobody we're starting on Washington. Maybe Terry McLaurin, Chris. I, I, say, I wouldn't. At Buffalo, I wouldn't. I would no. Even McLaurin. Yeah, no, I would pass. Well, let me ask you this: McLaurin, if Case Keenum's that quarterback, and not Dwayne Haskins. Sure. Yeah, I mean that that gives a little bit of a better edge. But in Buffalo, he's probably going to have to go up against White. He's had two very mediocre games in a row now in tough matchups. I would honestly look at look elsewhere. We all love Terry McLaurin. Like honestly, we're we're all fans of his. We've been pumping him up all year long. But I think you're getting into trouble. I, I you know, Washington may score ten points in this game. You don't want to play the scary Terry Halloween week narrative? Oh, damn. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. I do like that. But no, I, I honestly I would I would I would look elsewhere. I think, you know, Conley is another guy. You could have just plucked him up, maybe you're Terry McLaurin on. All right, or Conley or Terry McLaurin. I would go week. Conley. Brad? I would go Conley too if I have to choose, but I, I also think McLaurin is not a not a guy you take out of your lineup at this point. It doesn't matter who he's going up against, he's productive. He was well, productive he's been against brutal the Stephon past two Gilmore. Weeks. Like he been, What's like, that? He's been brutal the last two weeks, though. Like, you're seven points last two weeks. Sure. And he, I mean, four catches, 39 yards. He's still leading their their receivers, and I have no problem rolling him out well, there. Because... And I'll throw out last week for Dwayne Haskins part of it, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? But it doesn't yeah, look it, like it's going to be if Haskins. If Keenum doesn't have a concussion. If, right, if Keenum's right, playing, right, I, right. Yeah, if Keenum's playing, I, I want McLaurin out there. Yeah. Are we just bailing on this entire offense with Haskins at quarterback? Yes. <laughs> right now. Like he is I mean, there, it feels like there's a reason why they, they didn't want him playing. Like they, they started who was a Colt McCoy or whoever, whatever yeah. Keenan was out before. Yeah. They, One year starting in college. Wanting, yeah. Yeah. They're wanting him to develop almost, you know, a la Patrick Mahomes or whatever. But I think they also are are nervous of how that development is going so far, and they're doing everything they can to keep him out of there. He cannot play a game without throwing a pick right now. And it's it doesn't – you know, he only had five passing attempts last game, but he threw a pick. So it's just – I don't know. He's – I think he's kind of like the deer in the headlights right now. I'm not saying he's he's not that great, but I it's it's definitely right now looking like the, the Giants made the right choice at quarterback if you're going with their development oh, so stop. far. No. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what was interesting too is when you, you mentioned uh, McCoy – at that time, when they were, you know, when Keenum was was struggling, and I think they pulled him out of the game, he was hurt. I believe it was that game against the Giants, where, you know, they couldn't even go to Haskins because he wasn't even getting second team reps with the second team offense. He was just like on the scout team. So that just showed me that he was nowhere near, like, even close to playing. That he would just get forced in there if they were in a really bad situation. So yeah, he he seems like he's he's pretty far behind right now to being ready. No, yeah. Look, one year starting college, I'm right. one of the bigger fans of him, but I did not want him starting this year. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent true. All right, so for Buffalo, Buffalo, the one thing which appears, if we're going off one game, like if we're taking one game and going to make our statement for the rest of the year, which is never a smart thing to do, but if we were, it would look like, hey, Buffalo is going to use Frank Gore when they're up. They're going to use Devin Singletary when they're down. And this looks like a game where they should be up probably from snap one if it's Dwayne Haskins. So is this a Frank Gore game? And are we simple as that going forward? Are you ready after one game, Chris, to say that going forward, that that is the case? It's Frank Gore. If you have a bad matchup and it's looking like a team where Buffalo might struggle, then you play Frank, you've played Devin Singletary and bench Frank Gore. Yeah, you, you're probably dead on there. Tough matchup last week. And, you know, mentioned that, you know, at that game, they just couldn't run against the Eagles. And Singletary played, you know, I think it was 73% of the snap. So he was getting a lot of play. Buffalo doesn't run a lot of screens at all. I think like five on, on the season. And, then, you know, it was one of them was to Singletary. But this is probably a game that they're going to be up. But I am interested in Singletary even still. I, I think he's... 
I think he's going to start to get more involved. I like the schedule moving forward. I, 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 you're really rolling the dice by playing, I think, either of these guys, but the matchup is so good. I wouldn't be shocked if Gore has more touches, maybe gets that red zone touchdown. Um, I think you could maybe play both. I think they're both kind of low-end RB2s, and Singletary is a flex guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair, although I, I'm not – I'm not super keen on Singletary, especially like Jake said, in this matchup, I, I think there's a good chance that Gore's gonna be their their grind and pound guy whenever they're ahead. Um, you know, th- this looks like a really good matchup for Josh Allen. He didn't he didn't have the completion numbers that I thought he might have against the Eagles last week, um, especially playing from behind, but he was still, you know, still threw for two touchdowns and ran for forty five yards. So um he's still, you know, the offense is still everything centered around him and and even you know, in that scenario, you're looking at 10, 12 touches max for either one of these running backs, and, and it's just not a scenario I'm confident in no matter what the game flow is. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. All right, so let's continue on and talk Minnesota. At, hey, your boys at Kansas City Chiefs. If Adam Thielen is back, Chris, are we like, is it back to things before where Stefan Diggs up one week, down another week, or is the past couple games make you feel better about it? Like, who are you ranking higher if Adam Thielen is back? I think is the better question. Yeah, I think it is too. I think I would go Diggs, just <laughs> knowing what he's he's done over the last few weeks. I mean, he's got seven catches in four of his last five games, 100 yards, 100 plus yards in four of those five games as well. And I know Thielen didn't play last week, but I think you, you dial both of them up. I have Diggs right now as a top 10 wide receiver, and I got Thielen locked in as a top 15. So I would play both of them. But yeah, seeing you know Diggs lately, uh, you, yeah, you got to rank him higher. Yeah, I, I would, I would definitely, yeah. yeah, I would put Diggs higher. Um, he's you know it's seven catches in each of those games too. Those four of those five games, that's that's really good volume, especially as explosive as he is. Um, the the Chiefs' pass defense has gotten gotten a little better. Last week they got kind of burned a little bit by Aaron Jones in the passing game, but wide receivers aren't doing much against them the last couple of games, and and so. Um, I don't know that both of them will be wide receiver three or higher this week. I, my inclination is to put Diggs in like the the high end wide receiver two category, and then and then put Thielen outside the top thirty six, um, and and just think that this is going to be a Dalvin Cook show, you know, that, where he's getting thirty thirty five touches, and there's just not going to be enough volume to go around outside of that. Yeah, I don't know that he has to be honestly, because you know how I feel about this is when. Kirk Cousins is forced to think quickly. That's Diggs. When he's not, he has time for Thielen. And I don't see the Kansas City Chiefs getting enough pressure to force him to think quickly and get to Diggs quickly. I don't know. They, they, I mean, they sacked Aaron Rodgers five times last week and they sacked the Flacco nine times the week before. They're blitzing like crazy right now. It's like like 47% of dropbacks on the last two weeks. Um, they're blitzing. And so they, they are trying to force quick decisions out of guys. And, and so I, I do think this, you know, if you're picking one of the two, this is a Diggs week. Hold on, I'm gonna look. I'm pulling it up now. That's it's a good point. I didn't realize they were pressuring that much. And if so, I'm pulling it up. It's right only now. the last two weeks that they've done that. Yeah, they, they had their yeah, coming they're... out party was against Flacco and the Broncos. Yeah, they generated a lot. Well, of that's uh, that's why I'm not that Flacco and the Broncos. Whatever, that's for everybody. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't care about that. No, but see, no, look. Okay, here's a good, really good point. I, I I will change my tune right now on the show because even this is for the season. This isn't just the two past two weeks for the season. Uh, DVOA adjusted sack rate for on the football outsiders. They are number five chiefs. So there you go. Yeah. They're they're, they're blitzing like crazy right now and, game. and playing there a lot go. of zero right. coverage. Right. So, yep. There you go. All right. Let's talk about the chiefs backfield. <laughs> <laughs> if LaShawn McCoy's out there, 
Is it LaShawn McCoy? Or, or, I mean, do we... I think we just run for the hills if possible, right? Yes. We've been playing this guessing game all year long. We don't know. Like, I, I guess it's McCoy. I have McCoy ranked ahead of Damian, but if he puts the ball on the ground, then... Don't say we don't know, Chris. We don't oh, know. God. No, we no, no, don't. No, I'm, I, no, no. I'm saying, like, uh, on Sunday <laughs> morning, I said... Look, no, I, well, that's the thing. I was, on Sunday morning, I said, look, with the Keenan Allen situation, we literally, we legitimately don't know. I have him as a wide receiver three. He yeah. could be fine, finishes a top ten. He could be a decoy like David Johnson and get a big fat zero for you guys. Just we literally don't know what the team plans to do. And kudos to the team because they're not going to tell us. Right. Maybe like, oh, I wish I had a job where I could say I don't know. Like, yeah, well, I mean, most people do. At some point, you have had a meeting where you said, I don't know. Yeah, to be fair, I've had the edge on this backfield all year. It's just, the, you know, Shady is kind of getting in the doghouse now because he's putting the ball on the ground and he cost them last week. And it was a big spot where he cost them. So, Honestly, like I feel like Andy Reid will go back to LaShawn McCoy, but it just takes one. We talked about him on Monday, his his misassignments pass blocking. It just takes one missed pass block or one more fumble to say, you know what? Listen, you're you're on the bench, and and that's it. And we're gonna t we're gonna change our tune and go to Damian. But Damian is is yet to have more than ten carries, you know, since week one. He hasn't been that efficient on the ground. He's been more involved through the air when he's out there. I don't know if Mahomes is going to play in this game. If Mahomes played in this, if he is playing, then I would feel a little bit better about Damian. If it is Matt Moore, I think, you know, can go back to LaShawn McCoy getting about 10 to 12 carries. I, I do think um, it's going to be a Matt Moore game. I think they're going to set Mahomes out one more week. Uh, but I actually am going to go the other way. I, I Surprise. You, know, you all know my, my, yeah, you all know my Damian love, but I think they're they're kind of tired of McCoy. I think he's going to be the, the change of pace guy. Um, kind of going back to the way it was early in the season um, when Damian was healthy. And there, you know, I think he's going to get more touches than McCoy. I think he's definitely going to be the goal line back when they, if they get in that scenario. Um, and they, like, I mean, when McCoy had that fumble in the third third uh, quarter last week, he didn't play the rest of the game. It was Daryl Williams after that. And so I actually think there's a chance that Daryl Williams, they try to work him in. He's looked the best of all the running backs this year. There's no question about that. And I don't understand why, you know, why he's not potentially getting more run because he's, he's explosive. He's, he's good between the tackles. Um, he's a good receiver, he, but Damian is the best receiver on this team. And this is, this has the makings of a game that could be potentially pretty high scoring um, because the chiefs can score basically on anybody, even if Matt Moore's their quarterback and, and the, the chiefs a lot of times don't stop very many teams. So um, I'm, I'm leaning more toward Damian, if nothing else, just because of the potential pass volume. Okay. Who do you lean towards, Jake? I told you nobody. I don't want anything to do with this backfield. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the Vikings, too. I Would don't you want play Drake them. over any of those guys, then? Uh, if, I, <laughs> if I knew I knew if it was Drake and Alfred Morris the end, I'd probably roll out Drake over both of them, if just for the floor. Yeah. I, if, I, if I was shooting for ceiling, I would go for either one of them. And for pure ceiling, probably Damian Williams, if I was just shooting for the highest ceiling. Yeah. But Understanding I could get a big fat zero. Jets, Dolphins. Yeah. Game of the week. What a Everybody's game. excited. <laughs> uh, like on the Jets side, Robbie Anderson didn't get traded. Sam Darnold's been seeing ghosts for two straight weeks. Hey, it's Halloween narrative again. There you go, Chris. Here we go. Does he have the exorcism? Does he get right? It's the Dolphins. If things can't get right for Le'Veon Bell, Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold, and maybe Crowder, Demarius Thomas. And I think that's the bigger question is, one, uh, you're rolling out Anderson and Le'Veon Bell, right? I mean, there's no question there. Mm -hmm. Do you mess around with a second wide receiver because of Sam Darnold? Again, it's 
it's the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that the Jets are only favored by three points in this game. Um, you know, I feel like they should win. I think it uh, could you be. You see the first half of Monday Night Football? The <laughs> Dolphins are getting scared. Fans were getting scared. They're going to ruin their draft pick. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, and then Fitzpatrick. Hey, and Fitzpatrick, can you just pool. throw the ball a little bit more so you can throw a couple more picks? <laughs> we, we need that first overall pick. Yeah, I, you know, I, you roll out Robbie, definitely. Uh, no Howard. That's that's great news for, for Robbie Anderson. I, I think in a two-quarterback league, you can go and with Sammy Dar- Sammy Darnold, Sammy boy. Uh, yeah, you definitely are not buddies. playing him. Yeah, we're buds. Uh, we're definitely not playing. I'm not playing him in a, in a single-quarterback league. I I am in a tough spot in one of my leagues with Demarius, so I can understand maybe playing him. You know, he's got you know, 62, 42, 63 yards. It's not phenomenal. But it's it's better than some wideouts you're rolling out there. But I think the the big thing here for me is what I want to see is from Lev Bell, and we're waiting for it now. And I said this on Monday: why is why aren't they handing the ball off to Le'Veon Bell? Why does he have 15, 14, 15, and nine carries in his last four games, and Darnold has seven picks in his last two games? Hand the ball off to Le'Veon Bell, Adam Gase. I understand you didn't want to pay this guy. Trade deadline has passed. You have him. You're spending a lot of money on him. Use him. This is a prime spot for Lev Bell. I would be shocked if he doesn't touch the ball 20 times in this game. That's the guy I want to put in all my lineups. Sure. And we go back to the tight end wasteland. If Chris Herndon plays this week, I think he, you put him in there. Because I that he, tight ends have had huge games against the Dolphins all year. So I, I think it's a chance. And that you know at the end of last year, that was Darnold's favorite, favorite target. Um, from a volume standpoint, Anderson was getting the big plays, but he said earlier in the year, when when they get Herndon back, he feels like the offense will be complete and ready to go. And it's almost kind of like, you know, as Ryan Griffin's all right, he's kind of taking up space, but he's not the athlete that Herndon is. Um, you know, you roll Anderson out there. I, I definitely agree. I think Bell's a, a, a really good play this week as all, as you know, all running backs are against Miami. Um, but I, I think Herndon is going to, you know, I could see this if it being a six, seven catch game for him. If he, um, if he plays. Okay. So on the other side of the game, Dolphins, <laughs> uh, Mark, play the Jets has, defense, play the yeah, Jets defense. Well, <laughs> well, and you know, there, he's a very popular pickup, especially because they're scheduled moving forward, which was the whole argument for everybody saying, go get Sam Darnold. If you need quarterback help, blah, 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 all that type of stuff. But Mark Walton, legitimately, we do have interest. Mark Walton, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker. There are options on this team. It was Mark Walton's first backfield start to himself, essentially. Kalen Balaj still got a few touches, still looks like the goal line option at times, And although how many times are the Dolphins going to be in scoring opportunity? But it wasn't a great showing against the Steelers' defense, though, Brad. But Mark Walton, even against the Jets, the Jets' defense isn't the Steelers' defense. So you're going to roll out Walton. We're starting Walton over Drake and the Chiefs and all their split backfields where we have no idea what to do, right? Uh, I would definitely start him over Drake. Um, I, I like the upside of Damian Williams over Walton. Um, like you, you mentioned, he's an upside play. So um, at, at the same time, you know, Walton is definitely kind of the more volume centric guy in this offense right now. The question is, you know, he's going to get three or four yards of carry. He's going to get a couple receptions and that's basically it. And if you don't trust him to get the touchdowns, what kind of volume are you going to get out of him that, that you feel confident rolling him out there? Especially they're probably going to be losing. Um, so they're, they're probably going to be passing. I completely agree. Devontae Parker has all of a sudden become who we thought he, you know, potentially could have been as a first round pick a couple years ago. He's kind of coming into his own a la Devontae Adams in his third year. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm good with Parker. I love Preston Williams. Um, but, but those are the only two I'm really confident in because I think I'd try to go elsewhere outside of Mark Walton. 
Yeah, this is this is an interesting game, and Jake, we're going to talk a lot about this, I think, on the on the footballers pod because the the Sunday slate is it's bare, and you know, and I'm sure you know this when you're ranking wide receivers this week is this probably as high as you've had a guy like Williams and Parker, and Brad's dead on about Devontae Parker. This is the year where everyone's completely out on him, and he's been pretty decent. He's got three touchdowns in his last four games. He's got 18 targets in his last two with. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's you know he's got at least fifty yards in in almost every single game he's played this year. So I think you can get by with playing him and Preston Williams. They're probably hanging around your waiver wire. You're in a pinch with bye weeks. I, I would play both of them. And for Walton, I'm not super excited. The volume's going to be there. I kind of just feel the same way with Drake. Yeah, fifteen for fifty, cool. Like I mean, if you need the help. Sure, but I just don't see – if you're going to play him, looking ahead of the schedule, this is probably his best – I mean, he has the Jets a little bit later on. This is probably his best chance of finding the end zone and getting that touchdown for you. Hey, guess what, Chris? What? Revenge game! Jordan <laughs> Howard against the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were saying Jamal Adams against his GM. So. <laughs> no, hold on. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Howard, like I said, against the Eagles. Are you starting him or Tariq Cohen? Because you don't run against the Eagles, unless you kind of do, depending on the situation. Yeah, it could be a tough game for Montgomery after leading the week in rushing yards. <laughs> it's like, finally, he's here. Let's play him. And then he's going to run into a wall. Uh, I, I think Jordan Howard is, yeah, he's a play. I mean, I think he's been a play all year. He's He's been the red zone back. He's getting the bulk of the carries. Miles Sanders has just really been used in in the passing game. So Howard, I think you, you dial him up, you know, revenge factor or not. The Bears are the Bears are hurting right now. Ever since Akeem Hicks got hurt, yeah, you do. Exactly. You run, you run, you run right straight up the gut. This is like more Howard than Sanders this game. For sure. Yeah, I would expect. I think Philly is starting to turn the page a little bit and lean on the run. I, I, I know Deshaun Jackson hasn't been out, but their offense has been so predictable. And, and Carson Wentz has had some issues hitting some wide receivers. And so I think that they're just going to – lean on the run a little bit more here. I would say Howard at least 15 carries. Oh, on the uh, other yeah. side of it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come okay. here a second. Go I'm going to give, give you both running backs together because I was going to say on the other side of it, Chris, do you touch David Montgomery even after last week's finally workload that he got? Well, I would play him over some of these guys we've talked about, like Walton and, and Shady, um, Damian, Drake. I would. I would play Howard over. I think that they'll... Even against the Eagles? Yeah, even against the Eagles, I I, I think I will. Because I I think Nagy has realized they need to run the ball a little bit. So, I mean, he could have some success. You just said Nagy realized something. I mean, let's be real. (laughs) He probably realized... The the media realized it for him. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Thank you. I mean... So, I will say this. Uh, Brad, your take here. I'm... Uh, like, I agree with the McCoy, Damian Williams trying to figure that out, but I'm playing Walton over David Montgomery. I'll do it. That's fair. I, I I, mean, I definitely have Montgomery outside my top 24 this week. I don't think he does anything in this game, and I think they go back to their passing ways and watching Mitch Trubisky sink the ship Idiot. because, yeah, yeah they're, they, this is that's the only way to beat the Eagles is to beat their secondary because you're not going to beat them running the ball 25 times because they, they've shown that they'll stop any running back and it doesn't matter who it is. I think they've, they, you know, watch film. They feel like the only chance to beat the Eagles is, is against their secondary. And so I do think this is a really good game for Allen Robinson. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't, you know, there's not really any bears wide receivers. I like, I, I, I mean, my feelings about Trubisky are well known. So I, I don't, I don't, I just don't feel like I trust anybody else. And I definitely don't trust David Montgomery this week. Hmm. Wide receiver wise, this is a simple one. Although, 
Alshon Jeffrey, is he in the conversation of benchable, Brad? I mean, uh, that's kind of the only way we can go with it. Yeah, I mean, he last. I mean, he he still had six targets, four catches last week. Um, the Bills secondary is really good, and the Bills Bills defense is good in general. Plus, they were winning big in that game, so there was no reason to throw the ball a lot. Um, I, I I think I think this is a a chance for a bounce back game here. I could see him getting a touchdown, kind of like he did maybe week one against the Redskins, five forty nine and a touchdown, like that that kind of game where. It's decent volume, but he gets a score, and and so then he sneaks into the the high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one area. Another revenge game. <laughs> Al Sean Howard just gonna this light up the old revenge team. game of the week, and you know what's gonna happen? Yeah, I can t- Chris, I can predict it for you because you know this. I did the study. <laughs> one person is gonna be right on par with what they do. One person is gonna do worse, and one person is gonna do better because it's a third. It's a third. It's a third. It's no significant factor. Right. It doesn't matter. Period. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't. No, Somebody will perform, agree. and people will remember the person that performed the best and forget the other two. Yeah. I, I, I think Alshon, I think he could be – I think he's a low-end wide receiver three this week. I think he's going to be involved in the offense. How confident well, are you the last putting question. Zach Ertz out there? Yeah, that's, that's, there, that's there the you question. Go. That's, there you go. That's where I was going yeah. next, Brad. I'm so glad you brought this up. Pat, on his show, ranked Dallas Goddard over Zach Ertz. I mean, I mean, right now in the red zone, they're not even looking Ertz's way. Yeah, and, well, and it's almost like they're designing plays for Goddard. And so I think it's more I, the I think defenses are saying we're going to take yes, away Zach Ertz because exactly there's nothing is. else you can do. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, heading into last week, Ertz was second in the league in red zone targets. I mean, he's still getting some looks. But lately, it has been Goddard. I mean, he's gotten three red zone targets on the season. But, you know, they've all been some, they've all been touchdowns. So. I think that's exactly it, Jake, and I noticed it at the Buffalo game, is that teams are double-teaming Zach Ertz, and it's leaving Goddard open, and they're using both of these tight ends. So I, I wouldn't rank Goddard ahead of Ertz, but I get it. Like, I, I, I understand, but even if you look at the game log, like three catches, four catches, five, like, it's that's okay. It's It's been better than Ertz, but Ertz is still getting more targets. It's just, yeah, he's people are taking him away. Yeah, the NFL baffles me sometimes. There's only six 1 p.m. games this week. You know, those like, was it two weeks ago where there was only two 4 p.m. games? So the four team buys and then the one starting in London, and this is the week that you put four games at four o'clock. Like, it's just, it's, I, I don't get it. Whatever. In any case, sidebar <laughs> there. Colts at Steelers. Uh, look, there's not a lot here that we don't know and haven't said already with the Colts. So let's just talk about the Steelers real quick. If there's no James Conner, how high up does Jalen Samuels go for you, Brad? And is Deontay Johnson in the conversation of being a starter for you? Yeah, de- definitely Deontay Johnson. I mean, you look at, I was looking at the, on a playerprofiler.com the other day and comparing him to Antonio Brown, their metrics are unbelievably the same, similar. They're even like their height and weight, but all the way down to their, you know, speed score, burst score, 40 time, all that stuff. It's, it's basically like a mirror image and, it almost it makes me feel like I'm not saying he's as good as Antonio Brown as polished whatever, but it's almost like they're kind of grooming him for that spot. And then if it when he is relevant, it made Juju relevant again the other night because he had somebody opposite him to to take some heat off, and all of a sudden they both became became viable. And yes, it was against the Dolphins. I get that. Um, the Colts the Colts have a great defense. I think the Colts will will shut the Steelers down in this game. I'm not. I don't want to start Deontay Johnson this week unless I have to. But if I'm in a bye week situation, I, I'm I roll him out there because obviously Mason Rudolph loves to throw to him. Um, that being said, I I am all about Jalen Samuels this week because I feel like if you're going to beat the Colts, you've got to do it running the ball. 
and I know their their front is pretty good, but their secondary is better. And and so I'm I'm a lot more um, I, I lean in the direction of I want the running back, especially when they're if they're using Samuels in like gadget type situations where he's the wildcat quarterback and all that stuff like they were a few weeks ago when he was healthy. I yeah, they're trying to find ways to get him the ball, so I I put him in there for sure. Yeah, Deontay Johnson is interesting, and Mason Rudolph said after the game too. He you know he talked about that one touchdown play was a third and 20 and, and Johnson found the end zone. And he said, you know, he just, he was talking about how Juju was double teamed in that spot and how he's been double teamed basically every single time he looks up and, and that's good for Deontay Johnson. And I think that's why he's getting some looks and getting some catches. So I, I he's certainly trending up in the right direction and available across the board. His ownership is 17% right now in Yahoo leagues. This is another game with the spread. I, I just feel like it's, it's like a bit of a trap. It's a pick em right now. I really like the Colts. And their defense, what Brad talked about, Marlon Mack's just been a, a workhorse so far this season. But, you know, to answer your original question, Jake, I guess, like, if there's no Connor and no Snell, even if Snell does play, I think Samuels has that upside to be an RB2. He's been heavily involved in the passing game, too, when he plays, which is a positive. All right. Let's move on from this game. That was quick enough. That's, that's what we need. We kind of rapid fire the rest of the way because we always do this. One of these weeks, I'll get a better balance. Maybe we'll start with the APM <laughs> game and circle backwards next time. <laughs> Titans at Panthers. It was a letdown, Chris, for Corey Davis. I know your boy. No excitement yeah. there. This let me down. A bounce back week for him against the Panthers. The Panthers defense is definitely not what it was at the beginning of the season. It's definitely been vulnerable over the past couple weeks. Yeah, um, wide receiver three at best. You know the targets were there, but yeah, it was a it was a bit of a down game. I think AJ AJ Brown as well. I mean, he saved his day with a touchdown, but I think both of those guys flex plays probably at best, honestly. Yeah, AJ Brown's getting out out snapped by Tajay Sharp, and yeah. so he's just been effective when he plays, but he's not playing enough to to feel confident putting him out there. Um, I I'm completely off of Corey Davis. I if he has his, it's kind of like Devonte Parker last year. Like, yeah, he might have a a six or eight eight catch game occasionally, but you can't rely on it week in week out. Um, I I would, you know, I, I don't know. There isn't anybody really in the Titans Titans offense outside of Johnny Smith that I really want to play. Derrick Henry okay. to play, confidence. Well, yeah, Derrick Henry obviously. Carolina, uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel at this point. Are they just dicey plays every single week until Cam Newton comes back, and then maybe even so then. Yeah, maybe even so then. Yeah, I think they are. They're dicey plays, but the targets have been there. I mean, twenty in their last game between both of them. It's just yeah, they they are pretty. They are pretty dicey. Like, I have no – I can't trust them. Again, wide receiver threes and, and flexes, but this is a tough week where there's a lot of good wide receivers on by, so you may have to be forced to play them. It's going to be better – it's a better matchup this week than it was last week against San Fran. Yeah, I'll say. I'll, I'll take guys that are getting 20, 20 targets between the two of them against Tennessee much more than I'll take them against the Niners. So um, I'm okay putting putting either one out there if you need them. Greg Olson? Top ten tight end. That's <laughs> just no, tight end. So miserable <laughs> that I can't believe awful. he is. And Olsen has been uh, brutal. He has been. He's been awful. Yeah, I know. Two point seven zero and still have to roll one. him out there. Oh man, disgusting. Yeah, I'd play Fells gross. over him and Goddard. And Goddard. Yeah, I could get with you on Fells. I don't know about Goddard. I still can't. Ah, that that's just the, the lesser half of a timeshare of tight ends. And I know he's been out there a lot since Deshaun Jackson's been out, but still, that's that's tough for me. I know. It's and against brutal. the Bears. I don't know. Oh, you want to do a Greg Olson versus Dallas Goddard week? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, One loogie or whatever the hell it's called up there. A loony, a loogie. Come on. <laughs> loogie, loony. I'll put a loogie on your loony. Whatever. <laughs> uh, you can have it then. Ra- 
the Raiders hosting the Lions. Uh, Darius Slay also still with the Lions because the Lions wanted a Jalen Ramsey package to trade him, so he went nowhere. Not a surprise. Uh, for the Raiders side of things, Darren Waller, for, speaking of tight ends, essentially their number one. Tyrell Williams has scored a touchdown in every Raiders game in the history of forever that he's been with the team, which he's also missed a couple. But it's got to stop at some point, Chris, but at the same time, when you are the essential number one in volume outside of Darren Waller, the two of them, that's where 99% of the passes go. And I know I'm just saying that tongue in cheek, but even with the concern of Slay, even with the concern of not scoring a touchdown every single week, Terrell Williams is a must start, is he not? Yeah, I think he is too. And he's had some, I mean, he scored touchdowns, you know, against the Broncos when he had Harris on him week one, Minnesota, you know, week three in Minnesota, he found a way to score a touchdown as well. It, it has, the, the volume has been there. It hasn't had huge catch games, but absolutely. I mean, it goes through two guys. The target share between him and Waller is, is higher than, than most teams. So I would play him. Yep, absolutely. On the Lions side, Marvin Jones, bounce back week. Everybody got disappointed last week against the Giants. This kind of seems like it's back to uh, the the volume. The volume was all Danny Amendola, and we know how that goes. Is it just going to be like, stay away, Brad, because it's going to be Amendola one week, Marvin Jones next week, and some weeks even Kenny Galladay gets left out? No, I think think they realized last week they don't have much of a run game uh, without without, uh, carry-on, so... Um, well, I they think thought they did. Three... They just thought it needed four running backs to make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but Stafford, Stafford has been great this year. He's extremely under undervalued and underrated with how he's performed this year. I mean, he's had, you know, I don't, I'm not looking at a, at a standard scoring league, but he's, I feel like he's got to be a top 10 quarterback for sure. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so at that point, I put all of them out there. I think I run Galladay out there. I run uh, Marvin Jones out there. I think there's a really good chance that, that it's you know it i don't know yeah i put them both out there <laughs> amadola too like amadola too because these last two games eight catches in each game he's getting volume that's what you want from a slot guy like they they with no running game they're going to throw the ball 35 40 times in this game the raiders defense is not that great against the pass yeah give me all three of them yeah and i think that's where he was going yeah you're a little hesitant there the amadola but i i, I see where you're coming from but you, the volume has been there right you know 19 targets 16 grabs in his last two games the first game early on in the year when he was healthy he had 13 targets seven grabs and 104 yards then he was dealing with you know a couple injuries so no run game at all matthew stafford top five quarterback not just this week probably the rest of the way because they're not gonna wait, have wait, a lot did you of say success. top five yeah top five Matthew Stafford. Uh, I, I could have got with you with top ten, but top five. Top five this week. Oh, this. I thought you said. I thought you said rest and of the way. The rest of the way. Absolutely. Yeah, you're drunk. No, I'm not drunk. <laughs> I'm not drunk. It's early, man. It's early here in Canada. I'm not drunk. You're Listen, off your rocker. He's like, number nine on the season. Yeah, but it's, the volume it's early lately, in Canada, like it's, is, a, it's a different time zone. Yeah, and the beer is heavier. It's yeah. It's I'm I'm feeling it this morning, guys. But I mean, like Washington coming up. Tampa Bay coming up. I don't care who he's facing. Well, have you seen what he's been doing lately? No, I don't watch any of the games, Chris, ever. <laughs> it's my Benny Ricciardi for you. Do you not watch? There you go. <laughs> Six, like 60 a, fantasy no, points no, no. and over 700 yards in the You're last two games. You're telling me. Wait, wait. Do you know to get to top five, he has to boot one of the five people. There's a you boot. <laughs> I, don't know if that I, was, I wasn't making a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has yeah, to yeah. boot. One of Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Dak. Patrick Mahomes, Dak. Tom Brady, or Kyler Murray. And now, Brady Kyler Murray, I can see booting. I can see Tom Brady. You and just Kyler, put but... eight guys in the top five. Six. <laughs> no, I'm okay, saying six he's... then. But we'll put Mahomes in there. We'll get Kyler. We'll get Kyler out of there. Dak is out of there. 
And then I don't even know. He's who still twelve points behind Brady's Dak, even with Dak's bye. Yeah, no, Dak had a great first few weeks against very mediocre teams. No, I'm not saying. So I'm just saying top five. I just I want you. Okay, to Okay, it's fine. It's it's a conversation. Five. He's definitely a QB one. <laughs> Can we agree on that? Yeah, no, and I was with you on top ten. I'm sorry. It's just I was also pulling something out for a quarterback we're about to talk talk about. And in the middle of what you were saying, when I heard you say top five, you maybe like do like one of those record skips. Like, <laughs> on, like I'm gonna lose so many loogies on this show. Today. <laughs> loogies on your loogies. <laughs> uh, what, what what game are we even talking about now? Oh, Tampa, is it Tampa Bay and Seattle? There you go. Uh, this is like paint my numbers at this point with these two teams, is it not? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's highest over under the weekend. I mean, DK Metcalf has, has now turned into a big-time red zone threat. Tyler Lockett is Tyler Lockett. He's a top-12 guy every week when he's out there, and Tampa Bay's defense, pass defense is terrible. So, But Tampa Bay can score. If you get one of the weeks that, that Jameis Winston is not going to throw five picks, then there's a, a good chance you have a whole bunch of fantasy relevance in this game. This is the game stack you want if you're playing DFS and you want to put a whole bunch of guys in one game. <clears throat> Excuse me, a whole bunch of guys in one game. Th- this is, <laughs> yeah, uh, th- this is the game you want. I want Chris Godwin. I want Mike Evans. I want DK Metcalf. I want Tyler Lockett. I want Chris Carson. Even, I mean, shoot, maybe even some Ronald Jones. I don't know if you if you need to save some money somewhere because there is a chance that this game is a is an absolute shootout and will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I might have to roll at Jameis this week. This might be one of those games. And even if he does throw five picks, I mean, that one game he did throw five picks, he threw 400 yards and, and still had 17 fantasy points. So, like, if you're deciding between maybe him and a Josh Allen, I think I would just take the upside in Jameis this week, knowing that he could have a decent game with some of his weapons. O.J. Howard is another guy that I, I just – I'm not going to go there with O.J. Howard. So here's a funny question that – well, not a funny question, but just one that I think is worth bringing up because a lot of people ask this type of question because you might have fallen into this situation because you're playing streamers or both at quarterback and defense. Sometimes you run into one of those weeks and it's like, oh, my God, I got the Seahawks defense, but I also have Jameis Winston. Is there a scenario, Chris, where you ever just roll out both? Because this seems like one of those where it actually would make a little bit of sense because it's not often where you can say, I don't care if my quarterback has turnovers because he still scores double-digit points. And on the flip side, guess what? I don't care if the Seahawks give up 30 points because they're going to get turnovers. Yeah, I can see that. I normally don't do that, but in this situation, it's – you know, it's very possible. There are a lot of defenses out there this week to, you know, that like you could stream. The Jets is one of them. Oh, that it's Brad a great defensive up. streaming it, week. Isn't it? Yeah, there's a ton of them. I mean, the Jets, the Eagles you can get by. The Broncos are available going up against Denver. So there, there's a ton of, of defenses that you can get by. So you don't necessarily need to do it, but you're right. This is probably the week you can get, you know, you can get by. Brad, your opinion? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I talked about earlier the, the Jets, Jets defense is a good you know, a good play this no, week. No, I meant I like playing your. I meant specifically playing your defense and quarterback against each other. Would you play Seattle? And uh, yeah, I'm okay with that because if I'm, you know, I'm playing. If I'm playing the Jets defense, but we also talked about playing, you know, playing the the Dolphins wide receivers. So um, I, I do. I have no problem with that because it kind of balances out. If if especially if Jameis Winston, you know, you know, five interceptions is in his realm of outcomes because he's done it multiple times. So so you have a chance to have a, a big game defensively, even if you give up some points. All right, so this is what I was pulling up for you guys. Is uh, so you you want to take a guess who the number one turnover quarterback in all football is? I mean, Baker Mayfield. Pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's not a surprise. Jameis Winston. He has fifteen. The next closest has thirteen. Do you want to guess who the two people with thirteen are? You just named one of them, Brad. 
Yeah, Baker is the other one. Baker after. Mayfield's got twelve interceptions and one t- one uh, fumble loss. He threw loss. an interception on a shovel pass last week. That how bad can it be? Like that, that was the worst one of the worst plays I've ever seen a quarterback make outside of the the butt fumble by by uh, Mark Sanchez. I mean, to, to, I I was gonna try and apologize for him just for the fact, like, I mean, you couldn't have seen the defender coming in that quick, or uh, but, I don't oh know. my yeah. gosh, still... just, just throw the ball, <laughs> throw the ball at his knees if nothing else. Don't throw it right in his chest. So yeah, the reason gracious. I wanted to bring this up is because tied with Baker at number two and not having the starts that Winston has or that Baker has, Daniel Freaking Jones. Seven interceptions, six fumbles lost already. Wow. Yeah, Darnold. Yeah, fumbles are a big, big issue. Darnold's sure. got eight picks. I know that. Yeah, and Josh Allen, he seems to be fumbling almost every Not game. Not as no. That's the other reason I brought it up. He's, he's got, got three, three losses, lost. but I think he's yeah. actually fumbled seven times. But luckily for him, you know, his defense or him, he's recovered them. But this is – he needs to tuck the ball away because that was the turning point in the game last week too. He fumbled with two minutes left on his own 20, and, and that gave the Eagles life. That, all right. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna disagree with you there. That for sure. <laughs> no, it's just a bunch of poor play from these quarterbacks. Like Baker is c- extremely. Can we just go there, like Denver and, and Cleveland? Can we jump to that game? Yeah, I mean it's a four o'clock game. We could definitely jump like, there. Wh- go ahead. Like, what the heck is going on in Cleveland? I mean, what is going on in Cleveland? Baker looks like Johnny Menzel. <laughs> he looks like Johnny Menzel out there. You can't see over his offensive line. It's just it has gotten to the point where. And we, we talked about dropping Baker weeks and weeks and weeks ago. I mean, in a two-quarterback league, I don't even know if I'd roll him out this week, knowing that it's not even his worst you matchup. You two-quarterback league. I played Darnold over him. Yeah, this is not a good matchup. Denver's pass defense is <laughs> really good. This is like complete silence. Like, we are there. I, just, I, I played Darnold I was Darnold just trying to think, and I'm like, I'm thinking Chris Harris on Odell Beckham. Uh, I'm thinking after that. Right. And, just hand it off yeah, to Chuff 25 gonna... times and hope that he can win the football game for you. Yeah, this, and he doesn't fumble on his first forty-six because, yards twice. Yes. Yeah, I want nothing to do with Baker this week. I I completely agree with Chris. I I would sit him in a two quarterback league if I had if I had another a third option that was a starter. I definitely want to play a quarterback in a two quarterback or super flex. Um, but if I have a third guy, Baker's probably like my number thirty quarterback this week because you just <laughs> you can't trust any, any anything to do with it. There's not even thirty quarterbacks playing this. Yeah, week. he's raking backups. So put taste put Taysom Hill over the top of him, and Taysom Hill's <laughs> on a bye. So. No, but he, I mean, he's, he's going to be at the bottom. Like he's going to be in the high twenties in, in quarterback ranking because he's, he is a turnover machine. He can't run the offense. It doesn't matter if the, they're running all over the Patriots. They, they like, they could not stop Nick Chubb. And every time they turned the ball over to Baker Mayfield, he did something really stupid, like threw a pass. They had like third and five and he threw a four yard pass with a guy basically blanketing the, the, the defender. He's got no room to, to make a move uh, for a run after catch. It's, it just doesn't make any sense, the decision-making. like he, It feels like he is a worse quarterback than he was last year. He's got 26 picks in 21 career games, too. Like He does not take care of the football. Now who are we talking about? Baker. I, you lost me Baker. who you're talking about. Baker. Oh, okay. Mayfield. There's just, just so many turnover quarterbacks that were just like lost. How about <laughs> Brandon Allen? Oh, boy. This is, we talk about potential turnovers. Like Brandon Allen – 2016, Pat asked me this, and the only reason I reference this is because he's like, oh, who is this Brandon Allen guy? It's like, all you need to know is drafted at 2016 with the upside <laughs> of ever being a backup quarterback. That's what you need to know. The Cleveland defense, everybody's all over streaming the hell out of them. It, I, but let's be realistic. How bad of news do you feel for the Denver offense? Because it's Joe Flacco. Look, we joke him all the time, and it was pretty miserable. 
at times, but at the same time, he did do better than some quarterbacks. He wasn't Nathan Peterman. He's not Brandon Allen. So we have to downgrade the offense. Do we not question Mark Chris? Yeah, I think so. This is a bummer for Cortland Sutton owners because he's been, he's been pretty steady so far this season. I'm sure he's going to get some targets, but you know, how efficient is Allen going to be? We already poured one out last week for your boy, Bayshawn Hamilton. So, I mean, I think you can, I don't think he's completely dead yet, but we did. Yeah, Yeah, we did pour one out. I don't think he's completely dead either. Uh, I think he's a hold in deeper formats, but you can't start him. Uh, I think it's just the both both backs. I think Freeman and Lindsey will probably combine for 20, 25 carries, you know, try to run the offense through both of these guys. This is the only two. I mean, if you have Sutton, I suppose you play him. I don't have any Sutton shares. It's been a bummer, really, but um, both backs, and that's really it. Well, the other side and of it, too, And I agree with that. Brad is, I was going to say the other side of it, too, is Brad, is the Cleveland just got healthy with two returnees in their secondary. So yeah, good call. They're even more worrisome than they used to be. Yeah, but I, at the same time, I, I don't think – you said Flacco has been better than some. Outside of that game against Jacksonville where he threw for 303 touchdowns, he's been pretty pretty miserable, like averaging around 170, 182, 177, 213, and 174 the last four games. That's not – he's not – it's not productive at all. I think Brandon, Brandon Allen could at least do that. I, I, you know, it's it's possible that even if he's not I mean, that's the ball downfield, yeah, <laughs> it is fair actually. I, yeah, so I was thinking I mainly. Think... So well, hold on, real quick to, to, to back to like my point was mainly for Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. It wasn't over yeah. like the overall, and that that's more because Cortland Sutton to date is arguably been the top fifteen wide receiver. Yeah, I'm like, no question. To be honest about that. So that I think that's more so. Are but you he's thinking, done that with Flacco being pretty mediocre. So at best. so you don't and think so that think... Flacco and. Sutton have the connection where Brandon Allen can't keep there's basically that's what you're saying is Brandon Allen might even be able to keep it going or possibly even better yeah there's a I mean with Flacco you know there is no upside there's just this is who he is this is a guy that we haven't seen maybe he kind of is a spark of life kind of like the Kyle Allen in 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 uh Carolina where all of a sudden it's it makes some guys relevant it puts a little excitement in their offense I, I I think Sutton has a pretty solid floor like he his worst game this year was last weekend, three catches, 72 yards. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, he had one, I guess, four catches, 40 yards uh, against the Bears week two. But outside of that, I he's been really good, even with a mediocre quarterback. I think he can continue it. Yeah, you bring up a good point there, actually, about how bad Flacco has been. And Allen doesn't have to do a whole lot to just put up Flacco-like numbers. So, I, you know, and I think a lot of Cortland Sutton owners are pretty bummed this this morning so if you're still out there and you're you have a trade deadline and you need some help at wide receiver i mean maybe you can get Sutton for for fairly cheap i mean he you're right he doesn't have to do a whole lot to, to do you know to put up the similar numbers that he <laughs> to has do done. better yeah he doesn't <laughs> he real quick do i know this is going back going back to a game no. we already did but they said this care. morning no. um deshaun ja- <laughs> deshaun jackson is is uh, practicing for Philly and and they're optimistic he plays this week, which completely changes. That is great news the, for Ertz. Yeah, the Eagles. It's great news for Alshon. It's great news for the running backs because you need the the guy taking the top off the defense, and so I think it it elevates everybody in the Eagles' offense at that point. That, yeah, I'm 100. I I said that in the article too. Carson Wentz, everybody included, like that's that honestly to be honest, might ding the run game though. I mean, it'd be, it, it could. Maybe Sanders, before. Yeah, it, it could with Jordan Howard. But Sanders is it, most of his value right now is in the passing game, anyway. So, so I just think it, if they if they do start dropping safeties back to to 
prevent that that deep ball, then the dump offs become a lot more relevant. And I think a lot of those Eagles guys, like I think Ertz, you can get for fairly cheap. Is to your point when you see, and we respect Pat Mayo on the show, but when you see yeah. guys, <laughs> when you see Goddard ranked <laughs> ahead of Ertz, and you see what Ertz has been doing, like I myself have tried to get Ertz, knowing that Deshaun Jackson is going to be back soon, knowing that they have a game against New England, they're going to be forced to throw Seattle, Miami, the Giants, Washington, Dallas. The schedule gets a lot easier for Philly, and a lot of those games at home in the, in the second half. So I'm not so much trying to buy Alshon, but I think Ertz could be a nice buy-low target because the tight end position is just so brutal. It is brutal. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here real quick with these last two games. Speaking of tight ends, I mean, Jimmy Graham is must start at this point. Hunter Henry definitely must start at this point. I mean, it's tough to say, but here's the question about the Packers. Devontae Adams, let's assume he finally comes back. He's finally back. Like, is this the death toll for anybody else of relevance outside of Graham and the backfield, Chris? Or has Lazard proven enough? Because I said in the waiver column, if I'm still picking up one, I'm picking up Lazard because I think Aaron Rodgers is legitimately like, we know how he can be done with people and in, in just in life. <laughs> but I think that I think he's legitimately done, ticked off. Screw you guys. I've had enough of you with Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and Geronimo Allison. Like, I think they're de- they're dead to him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Scantling hasn't had more catches or hasn't had more than three catches since week three. And I know he had the big game again in, you know, against Oakland week seven. That was at the very end of the game where he took one to the house. So lately, Lazard has, you know, five targets, four targets, five in, you know, um, 12 catches in his last three games. So that is more catches in the last three games than Scantling has had in five, six weeks. So absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree, if, especially if Adams is back. But this. You know, everybody looks at this game like, oh, it's a road game against the Chargers. A road game against the Chargers is a home game for the Packers. Yes. And so don't don't treat this the same way that you would treat a normal road game because that this is going to be a very pro Packers crowd. I think this is a game that the Packers offense just goes nuts because I don't I don't think the Chargers are are their defense is that good. Aaron Jones is going to be a monster. Um, I, I want Devontae Adams if he plays because I think that and this is actually this is a tough week if you're still alive in a survivor pool this is a tough week to pick games because there's only one double digit spread and it's Buffalo and they're uh, most people have already used them yeah. because they played the Dolphins and and so th- this is a game where I'm le- leaning toward taking the Packers because it's technically a home game for them you know crowd wise I think there's a good chance that the Packers blow the Chargers out but there is also that you know that possibility that the Chargers offense finds itself, but they just have not looked good. They snuck out of the last weekend. Well, then let me ask you I, that question, Brad. Can you start Melvin Gordon? I, I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. I, I definitely want to start Eckler, even with less touches. I want to start Eckler because of how dynamic he is. Melvin okay. Gordon is just like, on, Brad. It's like watching somebody he, run through he's, quicksand. He's due. <laughs> yeah, he is. You know, they make the change at offensive coordinator. Maybe they lean on him a little bit more. It's very, it's very possible, but if I had to choose one, I would go Eckler. I don't even care if they yeah. lead on him more. He's been leading straight into the defensive line. Yeah, he has. The offensive line has, has not been great there. But, yeah, I mean, 12 carries, 8, 16, 8. That's not what you want. It, it could be a, a 12 to 15 carry game. But, yeah, he hasn't been that efficient, not even just this year. For his whole career, he really hasn't been that efficient on yeah, the ground. Yeah, he, he definitely overvalued himself by holding out because he's right, he has ready? hurt his, his contract situation in a big way. You guys ready for me to call somebody out on the show? I mean, I love doing it. You know, you guys know this. So yes. here, here you go. These, these are the questions I get. Sorry, Colin, you're getting called out if you're listening. Yes. <laughs> Sucker. Here we go. I do my rankings, and this is what I get, guys. And you can answer the question because this is a legitimate conversation. I, I was going to bring this topic up anyway, but I get the point. But at the same time, 
it's still, this is what I get. All right, so here's the question. Put my rankings out. He even says, I know, quote unquote, check the link. But Jackson is against New England and ranked 11 for you. There's no way I can bench him, though, right? I also have Winston, who I ranked at number four or five or six, somewhere around there. Point being, and you answer the question because I'm not answering. <laughs> I mean, you could if you want, but you know who's ranked higher. Exactly. Right. But I, I, it's like I said, I bring that up because it's a conversation worth having. You Can you bench Lamar Jackson? I have an 11. That answers your question. Yes, you can bench him. But, Chris, you own Lamar Jackson. Do you bench him against the Patriots? No, I th- I think I would play him. Just knowing. Over Winston? Yeah. It, I agree with your ranking. Uh, you know, I think there's more upside with, with James. So then you're not playing him over Winston. But, no, honestly, if I was a Lamar <laughs> Jackson owner, I would just play him. I would just roll him out there. Knowing what you get every week with with the rushing yards, yeah, he he he's had games before where he's thrown a hundred and some odd yards and still had Pittsburgh, yeah, and still had a pretty solid showing. So. Oh no, I was calling the Pittsburgh game out for being miserable. Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, I it all depends. I too, if you're making that decision, you have and you have the two quarterbacks and you're looking at your opponent. I do take a little bit of stock into that. Like, what is my opponent going to do? Trying to project his? Am I going to shoot for the ceiling or play it safe here with Lamar Jackson? I mean, you can make that decision on your own. But, um, you know. Do you know how, pa- how many passing touchdowns he has in the last three games? One. Zero. Yep. One. Yeah. No, one. So, but, I think the question is, do you expect him to be able to pull his value up on the run game? Or it's the Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. He always takes away what you want to try and do. Because really, I think that's the uh, – Brad, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the ultimate real question behind the question is do you think Lamar Jackson's rushing can save his day against the Patriots? Yes. Uh, so I think the I think the, I said this on Monday. I think the Ravens win this game. I think they run all over the Patriots because the Patriots cannot stop the run. They haven't stopped – they didn't stop Frank Gore when they played Buffalo this year. They definitely didn't stop Nick Chubb last week. Mark – uh, Mark Ingram is going to have a big day. Lamar Jackson's going to have a big day. I think they run the ball for over 200 yards combined. And yes, his rushing floor saves his fantasy day. He may not throw for a touchdown pass, but he might run for three. Like it, it's it's very possible because I think the Ravens win this game at home, coming off a bye. I, I like I cannot wait to watch this game. This is this game and the, the Seattle Tampa Bay game are the two games I really want to watch because I think Baltimore beats New England this week. Here's the flip side of it. Do you know how many rushing touchdowns the Patriots have allowed this season? Probably none, but they there you go. <laughs> but they've let, but, yeah. but yeah. they've let up two to quarterbacks. Right. So there's the the counter argument to Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones, the turnover machines. And and for Lamar too, you know, talking one touchdown in his last three games, so one in his last four with the bye, he's still a top ten quarterback over the last four weeks with those brutal passing numbers. Like cause, I know. Yeah, no, I'm just you know, for the people out there who are a little hesitant to play him is that he's I, still just, been decent just because of his life. Even his game against the Steelers, like that that was his stinker game. He threw for 161 yards. He ran for 70. Like, put him out there. He's an RB1. He's a QB, <laughs> QB1, but he's an RB1 too. QB2, so. he's an RB1. Yeah. No, all, all kidding aside, Colin, it actually is a legitimately great question because people are going to have this question Absolutely. all week because it is. You know, it's facing the Patriots. This is their free we, – yeah, we agree with Brad. We said it on Monday. It's kind of, their, for realistic sake, their best – test to date and if you know this is a game where they do shut down lamar jackson and everything involved and maybe we're saying like hey the patriots had their test and we need to stop saying well they need to be tested they need to be tested because they they will be so on the patriots side of it sonny michelle with another lackluster game basically volume at this point i mean for all intents and purposes sonny michelle 
is Leonard Fournette without the touchdowns. Like, it's just, you know, hey, look, it takes him 23 carries to get 80 yards. So against the Ravens, whose defense isn't as good as it has been, Chris, is Sonny Michelle. I feel like Sonny Michelle has to start, but is this one where maybe not? I mean, maybe could this be a James White game? Rex Burkhead is now back. Uh, you know, Jalen Edelman can expose the defense because Humphrey shouldn't see him too much or vice versa. He shouldn't see Humphrey too much. So is there any hesitancy or is just running back so thin that you really can't bench Sonny Michelle? Yeah, so many question marks with this New England team. I think you just play Michelle knowing that the volume has been there, at least 16 carries in five straight games and averaging 19 over that point. So, yeah, it is what it is with Michelle. Again, we've said this all year. You hope that he just finds the end zone. I mean, if he gets 20 for 74 – you know, you're kind of bummed really with that kind of output because he's not going to catch any balls out of the backfield. You want him to score a touchdown, but white has white's taken a back seat for me, but I, I wouldn't be shocked with double digit, maybe 10 fantasy points and a PPR flex. But Michelle, I think is a, you know, an RB two at least. Okay. So you said the Ravens defense hasn't been as good as it has in the past. And I agree with that, but this week they get Jimmy Smith back. And that is a huge key because they, they just traded for Marcus Peters. So now they have two legit cornerbacks on the outside. The, the, ah, Marcus Peters. Ah. I mean, so you're talking about a, a fantasy defense here. They just scored two touchdowns in the last game, and Marcus Peters had one of them. So I, no, I'm I not saying but he's an elite play, quarterback, hold on, hold on, but hold on, it is a lot different you know than what they were rolling out there like before. The Eagles. You know that goes back to the Eagles, where you can have a good fantasy defense and still give up big plays. I was tongue in cheek. But the Patriots offense because... is not that good. It's 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 been very I mediocre. I think they, you're just they got shut down against the Bills. They got <laughs> shut down against the Bills, and they they the won Bills that game defense is of one of the best in the league. And the Ravens is a top ten for sure. There's no question. The Ravens is a top ten defense that. when they're healthy and they're coming off a bye. I I think there's a like I said. I think the Ravens win this game, and I think the Patriots offense gets exposed a little bit because they're not playing a cupcake anymore. I think that I think the Ravens defense is going to take shape here in the second half. I, I sorry, I said Patriots offense. That's I, my fault. I, I like Peters. I like the addition to him. You get Smith back. I, I do think it's trending in the people think he gives up too many big plays. Right. Yeah, he's graded well, and it's just because he, he yeah, because he's he's a risk taker. He jumps, and that's why he gets burned. So you know, that's probably I, I don't know the number offhand what he's had for interceptions over the past few years, but it's it's near the top of the league. But on the flip well, it's side, gone down every year. But every time he picks one off, he runs it back for a touchdown. Yeah, he ta- <laughs> he's he's willing to take those shots, and 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 that's why I think he gets burned. I mean, even in that Tampa game, you saw it firsthand. He got burned over the top with Jameis Win- or with uh, Mike Evans took it to the house, and then a couple plays before that, he has a pick six. I mean, it, it's it's both sides with him. But I think the defense is going to get a little bit better in the second half, of Baltimore. I think it's going to take shape. I don't know if this early, but this is this is certainly going to be a good game. And I kind of agree with Brad. I'm I'm not completely sold on New England's offense. I mean, that's why they're in the market for another wide receiver that, you know, they couldn't get yesterday. Yeah, we're out. We're done. That's everything. Hopefully everybody listened all the way through. It was a little bit longer. We got through all the games for you. Like I said, quicker reverse order. I don't know. We'll do something different next week, but don't do anything different. Make sure you're following Chris Meany at Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler, Brad Ziegler. I'm at all in kid. Everything on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash throwback, 40% off to get all the good podcasts a little quicker than this most of the time. And we'll be back on Monday for your waiver to goodness. And hopefully I come back from the trip, you know, happy. Hey, you know what? Notre Dame loses. doesn't matter anymore because we just got blown out of Michigan. So at least I can just go there and enjoy the experience. I hope you enjoyed this experience. See you later.